Hello and welcome to Time to Talk, the podcast that brings you important conversations about health in a digestible form. I am your host, Dr. Claire Gilvray from Cognitive Sports Therapy. I bring you over 20 years of clinical experience. So sit back or pop on your trainers and head out the door and let's go. That's us. So we are live. Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Claire from Cognitive Sports Therapy and this is our Time to Talk um, session and I am really delighted to have um, Nicola Osler come and join me um, this evening. Um, Nicola, you have been with CST since the beginning um, so you've done these kind of interviews with me before um, and I think the big thing that I, I was hoping we would chat tonight about is an area that I know I've seen and watched you develop and specialise more in is the kind of movement and exercise for women who are leading into the menopause and beyond which I think is quite a specialist area and thankfully there's a lot more information out there um on it do you want to say a little bit about what you've been doing in that area um in the last couple of years where where has your training gone so I um started out in my fitness career by specializing in postnatal women and then as I've got older my clients have got older we were going through the same kind of changes. Our children are older. Um, and the issues that were coming up were, were different. Um, so I started looking into um, the perimenopause and the menopause and how it changes our sense of self, our health, the way we look, the way we feel, everything about us. And the more I talked to women, um, my peers as well as um, older women, I started to understand that you just lose a sense of yourself um, completely and often we've been wrapped up in um, raising children that we yeah. really have lost a sense of who we are and then if we re-entered the workplace for example um, all of the things associated with perimenopause um, can just set, you know, send us sideways so the, the brain fog the, the aches and pains we can feel aged before our time so I began to understand that knowing more about this period um, is so important because it's less scary we're not yeah. in fear of what's happening to us. It's manageable in most cases. Um, and it really is the old adage of, you know, not, uh, the information and the knowledge is power. And it gives us power back to ourselves. We feel less lost. And um, we can almost find a new version of ourselves. And yeah. I've learned that it's not something, and not a period of our life to be scared of. And I want women to feel empowered going into perimenopause and menopause and not feel like they're going to be put on the shelf and forgotten about. Because yeah. where do middle-aged women feature in society, right? We've got to gain back that power um, because we are some of the strongest women that are out there. For sure. And it's a real kind of crunch point, isn't it, between our sort of mental health and our physical health. I think that sort of perimenopausal phase really kind of can tip people mentally like a lot of anxiety can kind of um flare up around that kind of phase of life people are kind of caring for children and also aging parents often comes into that mix a little bit as well and as you say that loss of self in the middle along with the start of a lot of physical illnesses unfortunately start to kind of show their their, themselves at this kind of stage of life don't they so it's a it's a real moment where as you say there's a real opportunity for women to kind of take control and and um turn this around and and as you say not not be put on the shelf or and and take control of it and yeah and i think there's a such combination of both physical symptoms and sort of mental health symptoms it's hard to know where they start and where they finish 
and actually a lot of what we can do to help ourselves all the way through life, but particularly in this period, um, it all overlaps. Yeah. Um, and there's so many lifestyle things that we can do before we look at any drugs sure. to manage those physical symptoms and the mental health symptoms. And it comes back to what CST is all about, the, the mind, body, breath, combining, um, reducing stress with movement, taking time to, if meditation is not your thing, um, being in nature, um, being mindful of how you're spending your time, all of those things. So, you know, what we base CST on at the very beginning is, is, is so important for this, this age group. Um, and I think with us being in that age group ourselves now, we can relate more than ever. So yes, I started studying this before entering into perimenopause. Um, it seemed the natural way for my study to go. But now I'm really involved. My, my friends are going through it. I've had hints that I'm going that way. Um, and it's, it's nice to know. I've been to the GP three times over the last sort of five years. And no GP put my symptoms together to suggest that's what it could be. And yeah. mine peak and trough. So they completely disappeared, but I know they'll come back. And if you put them together over that period, you know that that's what it's building towards. Yeah. So, um, and it's just having the information, isn't it? It's having the knowledge, I think, is part of that to be able to kind of go, oh, this all yeah. fits together. And then and what, what are my choices and what can I do to kind of help me through this phase? And it's really important to understand that um, the change in hormones and the drop in estrogen affects everything. It's, n it's not just our like libido, it's not just um, our period stopping, it affects our cardiovascular system, the way our brains work, the way our digestive system works, um, it affects our skin, it literally controls our whole body, um, which I don't think a lot of women understand. Yeah. Right? Learning puberty, this massive rage of hormones creates these <laughs> monstrous teenagers. <laughs> um, understand during pregnancy how we can change physically and you know then there's postnatal depression there's anxiety associated with, with um pregnancy and postpartum but when do we ever learn about what happens to us and the yeah. change hormones over menopause i grew up understanding that your periods just stopped yeah. and i was thought woohoo you know great why isn't yeah complain about that happening just such a lack of information, information. and thankfully it's really out there now with, yeah. um, we've got to thank Davina McCall. I mean, it's very media friendly. Yeah. Um, but at least it's getting people talking and being like, oh my gosh, that's me. I recognize that symptom. Oh my gosh, is that what it could be? It gives a starting point for discussions with friends, with family, and with GPs. Because often um, a woman's personality changes because of so much that's going on. Yeah. They put their relationship with their partner can change, with their children, with their parents. Um, and they can just feel like, who cares about me? What, you know, or who cares about what's happening with me? So being able to talk about it and um, understand it for ourselves means we can communicate with who's important to us. For sure. And, it, and if we're kind of really focusing on what we're doing physically, yeah. I know I know you run a sort of Athena um, ladies kind of um, class. What are yeah. the big things that you focus on when it comes to um, physical exercise and movement whenever we're in that phase what what do we know is, is good for us what i have found is that a lot of women are afraid of typical gym settings yeah um so 
providing a very female friendly, often a female only environment is really important. Then we can, we feel more at ease, I think, amongst other women. Things to focus on, or things that I focus on particularly in class are mobility. So making sure that our joints are used to their full potential. Yeah. Um, um, reflexes as well, so, um, and balance. Yeah. So if we do trip, we're more likely to catch ourselves as, as opposed to fall over. Um, I always joke in my classes that a burpee is essentially falling flat on your face and being able to get back up again. It's like quintessential yeah. functional fitness movement. So they might hate them, but there's so many different ways to do it. But if we fall over, we need to be able to get back up. And that's yeah. essentially a burpee, for example. So cardiovascular um, exercise is really important to boost the function of the heart and lungs because, yeah. again, the drop in estrogen can really affect the function of the heart. Um, you can probably talk more about that than I can. Um, so making sure that there are heart rate right raising exercises in class. Yeah. Um, also, um, strength exercises are really important, and that can be with body weight, so squats, lunges, push-ups, those kind of movements. You can add resistance bands to target um, muscles further. Um, and the most recent class that I've started is in the gym setting with dumbbells and barbells and kettlebells. So proper weight training for women. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible the age range that are interested in this and the size range and the athletic range. Everyone who's come is loving it from all starting points and ages. Well, I think there's a lot more information about that out there now, isn't there? It used to be very much that the the woman who was seen in the gym setting was, it was about bulking up muscle and and bodybuilding, and and I think most people now appreciate that resistance, as you say, is one of the top things that we should be doing as as our bodies age. It, it really helps our our joints and it helps our bone health in the background, doesn't it? Um, and actually, that doesn't need to mean that you're going to be all bulked up and, and look like a um, a, a, a weightlifter. Um, it's it's just great at um, it's great fun. I don't yeah. know that everyone appreciates the fun whenever you kind of are lifting some yeah. some dumbbells. It, I think right. it's one of the things that really boosts my mental health when I have a, a few goes at, at lifting some weights. Um, but it's also you know really good at supporting your joints without that bulking up. Um, it's very hard to bulk up. I think people think it's going to happen overnight, but the people who do bulk up put a lot of effort into that, don't they? I mean, and, and diet, right? The amount of protein that needs to be added to your diet to create that kind of muscle mass. But um, we were talking about a little bit before we went on air. Um, the focus changes, I think, and has changed generally from being a certain physique to realizing that it's about health and that coming into particularly middle age, exercise isn't shall I, shan't I, is an absolute requirement. If you want to age well and you yeah. want to keep functioning in your the life that you're living now, you want to be able to play with your kids, you want to be able to go for walks, you want to be able to climb up the stairs without hang, hanging onto a handrail, you've got to keep moving your body and keep challenging it in different planes of movement and different ways of movement um, to give yourself longevity and yeah. to be able to enjoy the things you're still doing. We don't have, we have to age, but there's, you know, we can control the way we age. And I think all these lifestyle things, yeah. And I think the, the thing that often comes up in my patients in this kind of age group as well is unfortunately that some people do have niggles or they are carrying 
poor knees or hips or ankles um, over, a, over a period of time. And the kind of stuff that you're talking about, the mobility and the balance and the strength work, it's all stuff that's accessible, isn't it? Even if, if you have difficulties around your joints, it's important to keep moving rather than to stop moving. That's only going to help. So I, if someone comes to me and says, I've got a lower back problem, I don't think I can exercise, or I've got a really bad knee, I don't think it's for me. I always say exercise is usually the answer, right? Yeah. Sitting on a couch is not going to make it better. It's strengthening the muscles around those joints, putting the tendons and the ligaments under some strain can encourage them to become stronger and therefore you support the thing that's bothering you. Yeah. And I love it when someone comes to me and says, oh my gosh, my knee feels so much better, you know, like a month later. It's like yeah. because our bodies need to be under some kind of stress, under some kind of pressure to get stronger and support all the movements that we do. Yeah. Um, and the bone health one is a really important one, as you said, because osteoporosis in um, as women age is a real risk factor. Yeah. Um, and by loading the bones, um, by doing strength training, as well as um, weight-bearing exercise. So walking, running, aerobics, those kinds of things, challenge the bones in different planes of movement again, in different directions, and helps create strength. So it's really important as well, yeah. And I think the thing that I, I love watching you and what you kind of share about what you do is that you you really practice what you preach on a real variety of activities that... Um, I think is another thing to be, you know, really promote in this phase is our bodies like that cross training. They like um, doing different types of exercise. They don't put the same strain. If we do the same activity repeatedly, then it's putting more strain through particular joints in our bodies. But if we can cross train and mix it up a bit, not only does it keep us interested and keeps us enjoying it, but it's also really, be really beneficial for our bodies. Do you have Sorry, Sorry. It helps your body, but it also keeps your brain interested. Yeah. You know, I've got to go for another walk, I've got to go for another run. If you dance, if you swim, if you do weights, um, if you do archery, if you horse ride, whatever it is that you do, and if it's movement, um, your body is going to benefit from it. And so is your mind, because we know that we talk about the feel good um, factor of exercise, but those endorphins are created. If you exercise regularly, you kind of keep a steady rate. You might not get the run as high that people talk about and the buzz afterwards. But you just get that kind of steady stream of a drip, drip, endorphin kind of, um, you know, settling into your brain. And that's really good for you for every day. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you know, it's it's all good stuff. And I, I, I think what I was going to just bring it round to was, again, something that we talked about before we kind of came on air to do with, you know, it's it's great whenever it's something that you've always done. It's 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 easier. But what would would you have kind of some good tips that you would give to someone who maybe you know they have just been stressed and they have had no no time and they are coming to that point where they want to put some effort into their fitness and they just don't know where to start what's what are your kind of good tips for someone like that that wants to get fit but hasn't for a long time so the easiest way to start is something that's free and something that's easy and it's not and you're not frightened of starting so i would say the best thing you can do is ask a friend to go for a walk so house for coffee or the cafe or whatever just say let's go for an hour's walk instead and i think a lot of us did pick this up over lockdown yeah and some has maintained that um but exercise is all about connection as well so if it gives you a chance to see a friend and tick an exercise box do it um yeah. it does and maybe you can introduce each other to something new um everyone has different passions and interests so I think 
as like we said before, as well as the physical thing, it's the mental satisfaction of doing something different. Yeah. So um, recently I picked up horse riding again, which is so exciting. Oh, wow. I put off, off for a long, long time. Um, and that's amazing exercise, more so than I ever remember it being. But also it's just thrilling to have that connection with the animal and to be doing something different. Um, I, you know, there's a group of friends who started doing reformer Pilates, which is something new and different. Yeah. Um, so you can also do it with a friend. Yeah. Um, if money is a barrier, then there are free things you can do. There are free groups. There's a lot in the community. There's a lot of um, NHS and council incentives to get people moving more. Yeah. Um, so it's a case of doing a little bit of research. It does help to do it with a friend. Yeah, sure, you just need to start and then it's about consistency and making sure that you keep turning up to the weekly session or the weekly appointment and that's yeah. why having friends as well and keeping to an appointment really helps yeah it's like it's almost like also finding some routine in it as well isn't it so it fits how you how it fits into your week yeah so that it's something that's sustainable um so it, um is, is another kind of thing that i often say to people at this stage exactly that i wanted to recommend a book do you mind if i recommend a yes book? please yeah um there's dr louise newson who is kind of the guru of perimenopause and menopause i recommend this book quite a lot because it is really straightforward it's in real simple chapter form it goes through all of the symptoms um it makes you feel like you're not going crazy it's like oh my gosh other people must be experiencing this too there's also some surprises in there you might not be experiencing them but it kind of almost gives you an idea of, oh, I'll look out for that. Um, yeah. She also has a great um, Instagram page um, and it's really useful to follow. She has different workshops and things on there. She has different guests on. Um, she's also on this morning quite a lot. Yeah. She watch a lot of daytime TV. Um, if she's on there, she's obviously good. Um, so I highly recommend this book. Um, I'm going to put it in the comments afterwards. Um, and somebody else on the Instagram who I follow is Dr. Naomi Cotter. She's a menopause doctor as well. I don't even heard of her. She, um, her most recent post, for example, was about little known or little discussed um, menopause, perimenopause symptoms. Um, for example, things like anxiety, different anxieties that appear, like driving anxiety. Yeah. Where, where am I going to park? Uh, worry about going on motorways. When I've said this to people, they're like, I have no idea that was anything to do with my perimenopause. Like, my yeah. common thing. Again, you'll understand more about why that happens. Things like um, hearing changes, so tinnitus and kind of whooshing in your ears, mouth issues like ulcers and um, sores, soreness around the mouth and things. So a little snippet, without delving into a book and spending a long time researching, those people just follow on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Or, it's just an easy way to have access to little snippets of information sort of daily. Yeah. And it makes you feel more normal. Because they often post little videos, don't they, which are really kind of nugget sized that you can kind of just get some tips from, which is really, really helpful. Brilliant. Thank you, Nicola. That is our, our time it has gone. Um, I always say at the end, if anyone's got any questions, please um, feel free to message me and I can forward them on to Nicola. But um, And then we can never fill the whole topic in 15 minutes, but it's hopefully given some um, help to anybody out there who's trying to get themselves a bit active in this in this phase. And as I say, if we can help at all, please do get in touch. But um, have a nice evening and thank you for joining me, Nicola. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. This has been Time to Talk with Dr. Claire Gilvray from Cognitive Sports Therapy, wishing you a strong mind, 
body and breath.